talk about Welcome to another episode of The Dotted Line with your girl Lacey. Lost my voice, so I sound a little bit different this week, but all is good. I want to go ahead and jump into this week's topic, which is about family not always having to be blood. So the background with my family, in case um, you haven't caught up on the last two seasons, right? For the first nine years of my life, I grew up with just my mom. Um, My biological dad um, was in jail because he shot my mom. And... Um, it was just me and her. Um, I was super independent, you know, as far as knowing how to do things at a young age because it was just me and my mom, right? Um, when I turned nine, my mom got um, married. And so I inherited a blended family, which I was super excited about because I didn't have any siblings. So this was my opportunity to have siblings. And for the better part of my childhood up until I was about 26, 27, Um, We had a really good um, relationship, right? So we never said stepbrother, stepsister, um, but I definitely took on that cliche role of being the annoying kid sister because I was the youngest. And growing up, I definitely felt like I struggled with not feeling like I fit in. My name was different from everybody else's, right? So when I would come, my mom would come to the school and they would be like, okay, Mrs. Davis, right? Because that was my maiden name. And mom's like, no, you know, that's not my last name type of thing. So I always felt a little bit different because I had the a different last name than everybody else, right? A little bit displaced. Um, and definitely felt like I had to over explain things, right? If they see my last name is Davis and then everybody else has different names. Um, so that kind of was a childhood trauma of mine of, you know, um, I think having to over explain, I used to make up things. Um, I remember when I was little, I told my teacher, I think I was like in the sixth grade that I was moving to Africa. Right. And parent teacher conference and the teacher's like, yeah, so, um, I'm really, I really hate to see Lacey go. She's moving to Africa. My mom was like, what, what are you talking about? Right. So I think with that, having to over explain, not having, not really knowing where I fit in being the only child because my step siblings were, about four to four to eight years older than me, which now when I think about it, it's not that much older because my husband is six years older than me. But when you're growing up alongside of people that are doing completely different things than you're doing, it it definitely makes you feel a little bit different. So kind of taking it back um, in November 2015, Thanksgiving, um, I had a really, really big blow out um, and blow up with my you know family right over some childhood trauma so um, basically explaining my childhood trauma to the family and the way that I went about it it wasn't the most respectful I will say like I was cussing my mom out and things like that and it all just kind of came out at once and it wasn't the best way to do that so I will take um, accountability for that um because there's always a way to say anything right without having to you know disrespect anybody um but when that blow up happened, right, that resulted in me and my nuclear family, right, which was my husband and my two kids at the time, um, 
to not speak to my family at all, right? So it was like all ties were severed. And so in February, the following year, 2016, I had um, a really good high school friend of mine. We were best friends in high school our senior year, and she died tragically in a motorcycle accident. And a few days after that, I had another friend from high school that um, died from cancer. And then a couple of days after that, I had a great aunt that passed away. So it was all within about a week's time that I lost three people. And that was kind of really that moment that I was like, wow, like life is really short and you could be here today, gone tomorrow type of thing. Right. So it kind of made me realize like, maybe I do need to reconcile with my parents. Right. Um, so I did me and my mom, we went through counseling and things like that. Um, and we got better, you know, and which I'm super grateful for, because I know in her generation, counseling is just something that, you know, they didn't do right. You have issues, you have problems, like we don't talk about that in counseling, right. And so um, I was glad about that, right. So COVID hits. And I was like, well, maybe I need to kind of reconcile with my, you know, other parts of my family, right? So I reached out, sent like these long text messages, you know, COVID. I was cleaning up stuff, finding old pictures, that type of thing, right? And um, even though I was wrong in my delivery, I wasn't wrong in my childhood trauma and bringing that up into the forefront, right? Um, and even though I wasn't wrong in that, you know, they were not open to it, right? So, um, like I said, that was 2020 sometime. So August of 2022, I got a random text message from a family member and I was really upset because I was like, man, like, why are you reaching out to me now? Right? Like, what's the point of this? Um, but I was really, um, curious and kind of in intrigued and be like, what do you want to talk about at this point? So we exchanged conversation. And then in November, I had went to visit my mom um, in Dallas and I was like, you know, I really want to um, see this one particular person, which ended up being an elder of the family. And it's like, you know, I want to kind of let bygones be bygones, because if I don't, what if something happens to her? Right. And not kidding. The following month in December to the day that I saw her, she passed away. And when I tell you, first of all, let me tell you how you know, God works. I, like I've told y'all in previous seasons, like I believe in God, I have my own relationship with God, but I'm not a church member, right? So I don't have any membership in any church, but I do believe in God. I do believe um, that you have to do unto others the way that you would want to them to do unto you, right? But when she passed, it was almost like a sense of calm, right? Death is always hard, um, whether you're expecting it because someone is old or whether or whether it's tragic, right? It still hits the same. The hurt is still there, right? So I felt a sense of calmness because it was like the month before, you know, I was being pushed to be like, man, go, go see her, go see her. And we had a good dinner, like laugh, talked, you know, and everything like that. And like I said, the following month, um, she passed. So I was at a sense of peace because it was like, you know, I'm glad I, I made that step to go kind of reconcile, right? I wasn't expecting anything out of it. I wasn't expecting to be bosom buddies, as older people say, but I found a sense of calmness because when you do right by people, when people go, it's not as hard, right? You see sometimes when people are not on the best of terms with people and they pass, they're the ones that are, you know... Um, very emotional and very taken back by someone's passing, right? Um, and that, and obviously, that has to do with it being sudden or expected type of thing, right? 
So in December, I traveled back home um, for the funeral and I was with my husband and I had anxiety leading up to being around these people because I hadn't seen majority of these people since 2015 and it was 2022. So my life has changed, right? I've had another baby since then. Um, I've graduated undergrad since then. I've became a homeowner since then. Um, I was just at a completely different place in my life and it was like, I was meeting people for the very first time and I was very um, anxious about that. And then how are people going to receive me? If you haven't seen somebody for seven years and you show up at the funeral, like how are people going to be received? Right. Um, But let me tell you the triggering part of everything is when you try to be there for someone. Right. But it's triggering for you. It's one of the hardest things that you have to do because you're being the bigger person, right? Um, On one side of the coin, you're being the bigger person and you're having to be adult and not say what's on your mind, right? Wanting to tell these people, hey, you know what? Like, this was wrong. This is how you did me, so on and so forth, right? But the venue didn't allow for that. We're at a funeral, right? So I have to put those feelings on the back burner. And then remember, these are the same people that stopped fooling with me seven years prior. So it's almost like you get left, you know, Um, you get left and kind of like, Hey, like, you know, you did this, we're not dealing with you anymore. And then I'm here showing support. Right. On the other hand, I was in a new area of my life. Right. So I had sought counseling. Um, I had, you know, really focused on being a better Lacey. Right. And it's like, I'm intermingling with strangers that, I have pictures of that were in my wedding, right? Or have pictures of growing up while I was in high school or family pictures and things like that. So it was very hard. And on top of that, I'm having to reintroduce my husband to people, right? So at that time, we had just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, our wedding anniversary. We hadn't seen these people in seven years. My husband's like, I don't know who these people are, right? So that was... um something that was like really, really trippy. I remember someone came up to my husband. I was like, yeah, that's so-and-so. She was one of my bridesmaids. And my husband was like, no, she wasn't. I literally had to pull up a picture from our wedding and be like, hey, that's who came and spoke to you, right? Um, But all in all, I remained respectful. And I think the icing on the cake for me was that people saw the new me, right? Um, And what was really weird to me is that a lot of people were saying, oh, I didn't recognize Lacey, right? Um, And I was getting a little flustered about that because I was like, you know what? How do I look different, right? Like I look the same. I've picked up a little weight since I've had, you know, my third kid and just getting into my mid-30s and everything like that. But I think the reality of the person is that a reality of the situation is that I am a new person, right? I know who I am. I know whose I am, right? And so when you feel sure about yourself, you do look different, right? So just to show you how driven I am with my, you know, relationship with God, it's the Bible says in Psalms 110 and 1, and this is the New Living um, Translation, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Right. And one thing that's funny about that, like I've said before, I'm a Christian. I believe in God and things like that, but I'm not that person that goes to, you know, Sunday service and everything like that. But I, I saw that that particular scripture was very important because a lot of people 
don't get to see people after they've wronged them, right? So you break up with someone and it's like, oh, I wish them bad, right? Like, oh, you know, I hope they, you know, suck, right? And um, you don't get that opportunity to see them again, right? Like sometimes people move away, things happen, you don't run in the same circles or whatever. But luckily I got the opportunity to see those people that did me wrong, right? And um, you know when people do you wrong, they avoid you right so it's like they see you and they're like oh my gosh like what do I say kind of doing that weird dance like do I speak do I not speak type of thing right but most of them they don't speak because they're ashamed and in disbelief right because when they left you in the cold you may have been struggling you know you may have been in shambles you were in the dark but you were able to come out of that dark place and that person gets to see you and that was kind of redemption for me right um because to go years without seeing somebody and to better yourself, become a better person, realize what you've done, you know, take accountability for what you've done and become a, you know, good person and not only blessed with, you know, material things, right? Because I'm a firm believer that like, even though you can have nice things, right, it could be gone tomorrow, right? But able to come out of that dark place and still be okay, right so the main theme was oh my gosh Lacey looks different right and I was like no I don't but I am different I talk different right the physical attributes I got Invisalign so my teeth look different right um but never mind the fact I can do a little makeup right I can do a quick beat and look cute right but I I am different I'm whole I'm not broken right? I'm not begging these people to be a part of my life, right? I look different. I'm acting different. I'm moving different where they may have expected me to, you know, be a little bit more loud and, and rambunctious about things. I wasn't, right? So the funny part about that is that most people that, um, that have parted from my life, right, in this particular situation, they are Christians, right? They go to church every Sunday. They can quote some of the scriptures, and that's great. But I do feel like I know that God lives in me, right? So even though I want to act out of character sometimes, I know that I can't do that because that's not who I am anymore, right? Um, I know how to carry myself. I can go and vent to my husband, right? But I'm not going to act out of character in front of other people. So I'm saying all this to say that family isn't about being blood, right? Um, like I said before, I it was only me and my mom. So really, the only blood family that I do have is my mom, right? But it's not about who you've known the longest. It's about who is stuck by you um, through the good and the bad, right? The darkest times, um, no matter what people say or think, right? So no matter when everyone is counting you out, they're still there. Um, when you're not believing in yourself, that they believe in you more than than you would, right? Um, not casting you out, but they're going to correct you when you're wrong, right? And I feel like that's family and people that genuinely value you, right? Um, I've definitely been able to establish family down here in the Galveston County area. And I'm super, super grateful um, for that. Like, I mean, these people have, you know, been along for the ride as I decided to do a podcast, right? A crazy idea of doing a podcast. And a lot of people have supported whether they listen, share on my actual podcast or do the episode with me. 
um, and any other crazy idea that I've randomly had, right? And I value that and I'm so appreciative of that. And then also I realized that forgiveness and reconciliation, they're not mutually exclusive, right? So I had to forgive a long time ago. The the family that I thought was going to be there had to mourn the fact that like these aren't going to be aunts and uncles to my kids. These aren't going to be, you know, great aunts and uncles, grand, you know, great grandparents to my kids, right? And that's a hard thing to do when you grow up and you have this sense of family and these are the people you were raised around. These are the people that you were um, close with. You know, you have all your high school memories memories and just when I was in my hometown and then getting into a big blow up and then kind of realizing as years pass by like hey these people aren't coming back these people are not going to be aunts and uncles to my kids I'm not going to be aunt uncles to their kids right is a really hard thing because you know you're you're mourning a person that's still alive right or people that's still alive so I had to forgive a long time ago and not for them for me to be able to move on for me to be able to reconcile forgive myself for the way that I acted for the things that I said that were true but were not in the right um, tone right um, because forgiveness is not for you know the people right that accosted you it's for you to be able to move on right um but I do feel like this whole situation has definitely made my trust way like my wall is up, right? Um, I probably won't put myself in a situation where I can't kind of have a backdoor exit, right? Um, I can exist in the same space. Um, but I feel like, hey, if you've not been around me for years, like who's to say you won't do it again if I say something that you may not like, right? Um and I feel like God was testing me in that situation because I, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll never see these people again. There's no reason, right? I come and see my mom, like whatever. But I really feel like God was testing me to say, okay, have you truly learned your lesson, right? Have you truly learned how to move around people that may not be people that you deal with, right? Have you truly um, got into a place that you can heal and you can move on because it's easy to say you're over it when you're not around people right I'm 400 miles away right but when you're right in the same dwelling as someone and you have to still act like you have some sense I feel like that was a really um a lesson and and a you know a test for me right to see if I'd really really um got over it right um so Changing the trajectory of the conversation, you know that we do a segment called Storytime with Lacey. So my father-in-law, right? He is the GOAT, the legend, the myth, right? Um, he is probably one of the most diverse people that I've ever met. Um, he can be really mean, but he's super smart. He's one of those people that you ask him something and he knows the answer like he's very very smart very very smart and I really feel like my husband gets that from him too because my husband's the same way very hands-on can build things can draw an excellent cook um a really good sounding board um but I didn't realize that the first time that I met him right so when me and my husband Dietrich were dating um you know you get to the point of seriousness like okay we're gonna start introducing you know each other's family and stuff like that right meeting the parents so prior to me meeting um, Dietrich's dad, um, we were talking to his cousin and he was like, oh, yeah, you're meeting B-Dot, right? And he was like, yeah, you know, I'd be scared. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I do pretty good with meeting people's parents, but like his cousin is telling me he's scared of him, right? 
Um, so I was very nervous and I was like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't go well, me and Dietrich are about to break up, right? Um, so we're like going over there, we get in the car and we're driving to his house and like my palms are sweaty. I'm just like, what kind of person am I walking into, right? Um, so Dietrich, we get out the car, Dietrich knocks on the door and he's like, hey daddy, you know, it's me. And this tall, like caramel guy comes to the to the door with like a hat on, like a trucker hat on. And he like looks me up and down like that look that's like, I don't fool with you type of thing and slam the door in our face. Like it was a screen door and he opened his door and looked at us and slammed the door. And I was like about to bust into tears. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Like we didn't even get in the house yet, right? So just as I feel like I'm about to just bust out into tears because like Dietrich's kind of laughing like, oh my gosh, you know, what the heck? His dad opens the door. He's like, I'm just kidding. Y'all go ahead and come in, right? And I mean, we talked for a few hours. This is the first time I met him. And and we were like fast friends, right? And it's amazing at this point how throughout the years, he's been such a person that I call, right? If I need something, if I want him to bake me something, um, he just has been an awesome father-in-law until this day. Like I said, if I call him right now, it's like, Hey, I need you. Like he's going to be there. Right. Um, if I need some type of funny joke or just explain to him, I'm having like a bad day. He always has a funny, morbid sense of humor to turn things around and kind of change my perspective on it. So, um, I'm super grateful for my father-in-law and super grateful for in the midst of me losing family. Right. Um, when I moved down here and things like that, I was able to, you know, gain family that isn't blood, but I mean, wouldn't love me any, any less just because, you know, we're related by, by marriage. Right. So, um, definitely hone in if you're experiencing something like this with family and reconciliation and things like that, hone in and really change your perspective about the people that you do have around you, right? They may not be the people that you grew up with and things like that. And I know, I know it's hard because it's like, I have this family, but it's not the same. But if you change your perspective on being grateful for what you do have, it's way better than sitting up there having the perspective and being negative of like, oh, I don't have this person, right? People come in your life and some of them are blood related for a season, right? And we hold on to them, right? Thinking because of this history, because of this longevity and things that you have to, right? And you don't. Some people just aren't good for your soul, right? And if they're not, God sends other people around you and puts other people in your corner um, to support you and be there, right? So um, just be positive and, and be grateful for what you do have, right? So this concludes our episode. We'll be back next week for another episode of The Dotted Line. Mm-hmm.